Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith The God that you serve is not a God that's limited. He's a God that opens red seas and calls the walls of Jericho to fall. And so we're called to trust him. And he says, Abram, I want you to know who I am. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God Almighty. And I'm going to give you a promise. And I'm going to help you see it fulfilled. I like what Oswald Chambers has said. We impoverish God's ministry to us the moment we forget he is almighty. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. We forget the great power of God and the fact that he wants us to trust our lives with him. Pastor Ed tells us God made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of nations. God wanted this to be done through Abraham and his wife Sarah, and when it was done, it was done in an undeniable miracle. Sarah bore their child at an impossibly old age. We see today, still, God's promise to Abraham being fulfilled. Don't take God's promises into your own hands. Allow him to fulfill them as he sees fit. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Have you ever made a decision only to look back on it and regret it, but still have to live with it? Turn with me to the book of Genesis, the 17th chapter, Genesis chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading in the 16th chapter at the very end. Sometimes our chapter divisions can obscure the truth that's found in the scripture. Chapter divisions are not an inspiration of God. They were added later on. In verse 15 of chapter 16, so Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham attempted to do God's will his way. He wanted to help God out. And so they decided to have a child through a surrogate mother, Hagar. But that wasn't God's will. God planned for them to experience a miracle, a supernatural birth. But in their own wisdom and their own strength, they tried to fulfill God's purposes. This child was one handful. I mean, if he was in our youth group, forget about it, Pastor Ryan. Forget about it, Rebecca. I mean, when he was born, they called him a wild ass. I mean, he was rebellious. And he had a mind of his own. He wasn't about to listen to anybody. Sarah regretted that decision all of her days. And here this young man was wreaking havoc. But Abraham, that was the only son he had. And his heart grew very fond 
and attached to Ishmael during those years. But the house was filled with friction and contention and all sorts of problems. And uh, how many of you know that sometimes when you make a mess of things, God lets you stew in it for a little while? Well, it was 13 years. Long stew. 13 years later, Abram is 99 years old. God knocks on the door and says, Abram, I'm going to reveal myself to you as God Almighty. Now, he had to reveal himself as El Shaddai because he was going to tell him some incredible things. God's empowering encounter, God's empowering revelation to Abram changed his life and will change your life as well. See, God encountered him with a divine revelation. He revealed his name. I am God Almighty, or El Shaddai. That's the first time God reveals this name in Scripture. The first time that God gives this revelation of who he is. Now, what does it mean, Almighty God, or El Shaddai? Well, it's saying that God is all-sufficient. He is all-sufficient for all of the challenges that you will face in life. He is all-sufficient for all of the tasks that he puts on your agenda. He is all-sufficient for everything that you have to face tomorrow. It not only means all-sufficient, it meant that he was all-powerful. There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God isn't able to do. The God Almighty, it describes the God who makes things happen by his majestic power and might. Aren't you glad that you have a God that can make things happen? He's a shaker and he's a mover. He's a world changer and a life transformer. That's the God that we serve. Now, you've got to think what God is going to tell Abram now. Abram's 99 years old. And in the passing of 13 years, he may have worked out in the gym, but he's no stronger. He's frailer. He's weaker. 13 years have passed. And Sarah has aged along with him. The oil of delay didn't work on her. Both of them are older. And God says, Abram, uh, you're going to have a child. This is well past the childbearing years for Sarah. Uh, it's a physical impossibility. The more you know about God, the richer your life will be. The more you know who he is and what he can do and you experience his glory, the greater your life will be. Spend time getting to know God in his word. Spend time getting to know God in prayer. The quality of our lives is determined by the relationship we have with God. God wants to reveal so much more to us of himself. There was a well-known Chinese Christian evangelist, Li Lan Wang. And on the top of his letterhead, he had three verses of scripture that described his trust in God. These are the verses. Joshua 10, 13. The sun stood still. 
2 Kings 6, 6. The iron did swim. And then Psalm 48, 14. God, this God is our God. The position of those verses spoke about the God who could do the impossible. Abraham needed a God who could do the impossible. What God told him he was going to do, it was going to be only performed if God himself came into Abram's life. Let me just stop here for a moment and to say, God's going to ask you to do things that you could never do in yourself. He's going to stretch you beyond the natural because he wants you to move into the supernatural. He wants you to see things happen in your marriage, in your family, in your life, that in the impossible, it would be impossible in the natural realm to happen. But we serve a God who is called El Shaddai, the God Almighty, the God of the impossible. 31 times God Almighty, his name is used in the book of Job more than any other book In the Old Testament, was this name used, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, again and again. Why? Because Job faced incredible trials, incredible tests, incredible situations, and he had to know a God who is almighty. I want to serve that type of God. Uh, Sometimes what we do is we interview God. All right? I want a God who fits into my perspective. He'll allow a little sin in my life. He'll give me a lot of grace in my life. Not too many demands uh, other than Sunday morning attendance. You know, that's, that's about it. So we interview and we suddenly create God in our own, after our own image, instead of being created in his image. We create a God who will fit into our box instead of letting him explode our box and live in his universe. Uh, God is a God who desires to do incredible things in our lives. Nothing defines us more than the measure of our belief in God. Nothing defines you more then the measure of your belief in God, what you believe about God determines the way you live. What you know about God in the core of your being determines how you express your faith. Don't scale down those promises. Don't cut away at those truths in Scripture. No, allow God to speak for himself, the God Almighty, who can do anything and everything, who specializes in impossible missions. Now let God raise your faith, raise your faith to who he is. God not only revealed his name to them, he gave them a new name. Now, a name in Scripture, uh, this revelation of a new name in Scripture was very significant. In the Old Testament, names were just not given arbitrarily. Parents gave great thought into names, and sometimes they would change those names. A name spoke of a person's destiny and character, uh, the parents' hope for that child. Uh, When I have baby dedications, oftentimes I'll ask parents, why did you name your son that name? Why did you name your daughter that name? And sometimes they'll say because it was their grandfather or their grandmother's name or we're naming them after some person that we especially think in scripture or for some other reason. 
But imagine with me. It's dedication Sunday, and we always dedicate children in the afternoon. And the parents come up, and I hold that child in my hand, and I say, I know your parents called you Laura, but I'm going to call you Joan. I know that your father has decided your name would be Justin, but you are called Joshua from this day forward. Well, I know what would happen. They would take their Bibles and they'd walk out and they'd say, we want to get out of this cult as fast as we can. (laughs) God says, I'm going to name you because I'm sovereign over you. I'm going to give you a name because I determine your destiny. God's naming this child or this person, this name, signifies his power and authority over their life. Now, Just picture Abram with me. He's 99 years old, and it's been difficult living with his name. I mean, it's been real difficult. Caravans coming across his settlement, and of course he would sell them supplies, and he would provide drinking water for them. And as is the custom in the Middle East, uh, they would ask being In a hospital, well, they would be showing hospitality by asking all sorts of questions. Oh, tell us about your herds. Tell us about your flocks. Tell us how you came here. Uh, What's your name? Abram, father of many. Oh, tell us about all your children. How many do you have? Well, none right now. Uh, How old did you say you were? Well, I'm 85. Uh, Well, it got a little better after a while. He had Ishmael. Uh, What's your name? Abram, father of many. Well, how many children do you have? What are their names? How many boys and girls? Well, Ishmael, uh, just one right now, but uh, God promised me. Could you imagine the laughs, the jeers? Could you imagine the conversation behind those tents? But Abram continued to believe. He continued to trust. He continued to believe what God had promised him. Now God comes to him and says, I'm changing your name. It's going to be Abraham, father of many. There's Abram. He's out in front of his tent. He's changing the shingle. Word gets around camp. Abram's changing his name. Finally came to his senses. No more of those jokes about his name. What's his new name? Well, Abraham, father of a multitude. God can keep every one of his promises. He can keep every one of his words to us. Perhaps the most well-known name in our world today is the name Abraham. It's one of the most well-known names among religious people. The Jews know it. The Muslims know it. The Christians know it. We all know Abraham. See, God will keep his promise. And the God we serve is the God of the impossible. He is the God that performs what he says. Even if you have to wait a little while for it, trust him. Now, he, he goes on to say, I'm going to change Sarah's name. 
in verses 15 and 16, God also said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, you will name her Sarah. And then he gives this revelation. She is going to bear the promised seed. Now, remember, Abram has become attached to Ishmael. And he says, oh, Lord, consider Ishmael. Let him be blessed. God says, I have a blessing for him, but he's not the one who is going to be your promised seed, the one who the covenant is going to go through. And Sarah will be a princess because kings will come from her. Nations will come from her. And God kept his word. King David, our Lord Jesus, the king of kings. See, God keeps his promises. And he said, I'm going to give you a son. His name will be Isaac. He will bring laughter and joy to your household. See, God does incredible things. He is in the process of changing us and transforming us. He wants us to step out in faith. And he tells us that he will guarantee his promises. Could you believe God for the impossible and the incredible in your life. Believe in the turn that situation around. Believe in the change that circumstance that you're in. Believe him to meet that need that you have. He'll do it. He can do it. The God that you serve is not a God that's limited. He's a God that opens red seas and calls the walls of Jericho to fall. And so we're called to trust him. And he says, Abram, I want you to know who I am. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God Almighty. And I'm going to give you a promise. And I'm going to help you see it fulfilled. I like what Oswald Chambers has said. We impoverish God's ministry to us the moment we forget he is almighty The impoverishment is in us, not in him. Don't impoverish God's work in your life. Believe him when he speaks his word to you. Get into the book and let faith arise in your heart and allow him to cause you to live a supernatural life. See, God wants you to live more than just a rational life. Well, if I could figure it out. You know Let me just figure God out. Uh, This is what is naturally possible. This is what we could do in our human understanding. And then we draw the box. Okay, God, work in that. How many of you know God wants to come into that box and explode it and allow the supernatural to come into our lives? Trust him. Trust him. Believe him to do in your life. That what she wants. See, unless you begin living that way, you will never fulfill the purposes or the plan or the design for your life. Because God planned to do in you what you could not do in yourself. God planned to do through you what you could never do in yourself. God planned to do incredible things. And God planned for you to live a supernatural life. And unless you live that life, you'll never fulfill your destiny. God wants you to walk in faith. Now, there's a response that Abram had to this divine revelation. I think of the passage in Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation can hide him, hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. God sees it all, knows it all, hears it all. God knows all about us. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And then God says to Abram, 
Abram, you're 99 years old. Here's a nice palm tree. Here's a beautiful oasis. Here's a cap that you could put on. And here's a fishing rod. And here's some golf clubs. And you can retire now, Abram. No. He says, Abram, now I want your faith to stretch. Now I want you to believe me for even more. Now I want you to take up your walk with me another notch. Look at what it says in verse 1 of chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. Wow. Walk before... Oh, God, how have I been... I haven't been doing too bad now, you know. Uh, I left the Earl of Chaldeas, and, you know, I've learned from that Egyptian escapade, and I've learned some things over here. But God says, no, no. The longer you serve him, the better you know him, the more you've walked with him, the more he expects of you. See, he wants you to be more and more like him as the journey goes by. So he says, I want you to be blameless, without blame. It was John Wesley who believed in Christian perfection. And as he defined it, he meant to love God perfectly and to be obedient to God and to not have intentional sins of commission in our life. And Wesley believed that it was often in a person's last maybe year months or weeks or days of their life, that they would reach this stage where they would experience Christian perfection. You know, God is saying, I want you to be perfect. I want you to start walking in a greater measure of holiness. It doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean without fault. But it does mean that you're growing in your experience with God. That you're walking in a more complete obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial loyalty is disloyalty. God is looking for a blameless walk. Erwin Lutzer has said, God demands perfection from his creatures. But if they will ever have it, he himself must supply it. We need not be concerned about how high God's standard is as long as he meets it for us. He is the God who will give you the strength to believe, to trust, to lean. Abram's going to be tested again and again. But you know what God is doing? God is making Abraham an example to his posterity. They're going to look back to him and they're going to name him as a patriarch. They're going to see him as the father of the faithful. And they're going to look back and measure their lives in a sense by his life. God wants us to expand our faith, to believe him, to walk before him. And then God says something else. He gives them this covenant of circumcision. Now, circumcision was a ritual practiced in the Middle East at that time. It wasn't something unique to Abram. But what God did is he baptized it in faith and gave it significance and said, this is the sign of the covenant. But it was more than the outward rite of circumcision that God was looking for, even in the Old Testament. For in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, it reads, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. 
See, God is interested in making a change on the inside, that we have the sign of the covenant on our hearts and in our lives and in our character. He's interested in who we are. We're so glad you joined us again today as Dr. Ed Jones has been taking us through the life of Abraham. Have you found these messages encouraging, challenging, or faith-building? Would you like to share them with your friends? You can find copies of this series and many others from Pastor Ed online at buildinginfaithradio.com. While you're there, click on the Back to Home page link and check out the church behind the ministry of Building in Faith. Faith Assembly is located in Poughkeepsie, New York, and we'd love to see you at one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower and to worship God together. This faith setting is a great place to get your questions answered and have deeper discussions in the Word and to build a support network of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll be able to find out more about the people and ministries of Faith Assembly by giving us a call at 845-462-5955. We pray continually for our listeners and love it when we get to hear from them. If you ever have any specific requests we can join you in praying for, please don't hesitate to call. Once again, that number is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us again next time as Dr. Ed Jones continues through the life of Abraham, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.